This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs. A fresh look at astrology shaped by channeled wisdom on the soul and its human journey. Enjoy inspirational insights on how to change karma and make changes for the better. And now, here's Tom. Hey there, welcome to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs, uh, your uh, host and pal. Uh, I'm on the web at tdjacobs.com and I'm on the planet in uh, Tucson, Arizona. And um, today, uh, most of the show is about the winter solstice. And uh, today is uh, December 17th, and uh, the solstice happens on, let me just get my little uh, detail thing here, uh, December 21st, Sunday, December 21st, at 4.03 p.m. my time. So three, about 3 p.m. Pacific, about 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern time here in the U.S. So I want to talk about uh, that and what that means. It's a big deal every year. Um, and I want to give you some some deeper insights and uh, just kind of uh, picking my brain about it. Uh, but but I also um, I also recognize that it is also holiday time for people who are interested in holidays. Maybe not so many. Maybe not the majority of CTR listeners, but we're still in this uh, culture in which uh, people seem to care about holidays, <laughs> religious holidays. And um, in the interest of full disclosure, I have been uh, somewhat confused about holidays my whole life, uh, not so sure about the point of ritual, uh, not really being sentimental about things that people would expect me to. My mom has always commented, my, my uh, Uranian mom, with her Aquarius moon on the south node and... Uh, Sun conjunct Uranus in the eighth. She's very Plutonian and very Uranian, but also a mom. And uh, she's made that comment forever because she's actually really into ritual. <laughs> so she's made that comment forever that yeah, you just don't you just don't get that, and that's not really important to you. And I have Uranus in the first. I just I don't get it. I'm I'm trying to do other things. But anyway, so I've been um, aware, and also in the interest of full disclosure, I was, I was raised in. A pretty small town, not the smallest, um, and I was one of very few Jews in that town. I don't identify that way anymore. I kind of um, I try to be respectful of people's religious choices, but like it makes no sense to me. I was I was born and raised that way. That's part of my family's tradition, my mom's uh, side. Uh, but I don't I don't get that. And I so I grew up in a culture surrounded by at this time of year Christmas stuff. And again, I don't really understand certain things about ritual, and 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 I got some inside. I mean, basically, almost everybody I knew was not Jewish, and I got some inside um, scoop when I was a teenager. And I would, um, be, I was a trombone player, and I would be hired by different churches for different holidays in the town, different denominations, to uh, to play music on holidays mostly Christmas and Easter. So I got my my fair share over a few years of um listening to how, you know, what was going on in those in those places about Christmas and uh 
and and of course being a musician in high school too playing tons of Christmas music at Christmas time. So anyway, so I got this like inundation of this thing that made no sense to me. And then I'm observing, you know, all the stuff about um, the, the things that the culture... Anyway, the point is I've been kind of picking on holidays for quite a while. And I started um, a number of years ago writing poems for Christmas. And I'm going to share three of them, the three of them with you. There have been other ideas that have come and gone over the years, but... Um, <laughs> I uh, they they didn't get a, they didn't get picked up. Two of these were read at friends' brunches. Uh, these friend these friends of mine. Uh, I lived across the hall from them in L.A. Um, when I lived when I moved there, and I write about them in the in seeing through spiritual eyes, a memoir of intuitive awakening. They're the they're the friends I talk about who are like family, and they would have a Christmas brunch every year, and um, I wrote this this poem, and then I wrote a second one the next year, and then um, I did write another third one, and I sent it to them, but I don't know if they actually read it, because by that point, we had uh, I had moved away. So anyway, most of the show is about the solstice, but I'm going to share, maybe for like the first uh, couple minutes here, some, uh, some basically some poetry I've written. Um, this is a first on the show for me to share my, my heart of hearts poetry. That's actually being, being funny, too, being facetious. Um, Oh, and I do want to do an announcement. The archive of this show, of The Soul's Journey, is no longer in iTunes. It is now available through my site, tdjacobs.com, on the radio page. You'll find a link or a button, a little banner on the right that says, you know, radio show info and archive. And uh, go there and you can access all, all of those things. I'm starting a new uh, subscription. For a year, you can have access to all of those uh, all of those shows, and also, you know, all the ones that get produced. Every week I'll be updating that, that, that page. There are descriptions of each show in a PDF, all 109 episodes, and then there's a listing of the titles, and you can order one or three or six. I have a little uh, PayPal links up there. But also, uh, you can do 70 for a year to get the archive. And this is going to solve the problem of me asking for uh, donations from listeners and not getting them. Uh, enough that that makes any kind of difference. Like I really appreciate those of you who have done so, um, but it's really time to uh, to shift how all of this works. So so that's that's the uh, first announcement. Um, also, that is included. That seventy per year is included as a perk to my monthly subscribers to my monthly service. So check that out too, because now um, all of the it used to be like twenty five percent off paperbacks was one of the perks. And now it's fifty percent off plus shipping. And then it used to be that all like the, the the huge MP3 of channeled and astrology audio, the backlist uh, that I've been producing for years, um, uh, quite extensive, quite an extensive backlist of MP3s, you know, astrology classes as well as um, uh, info MP3s and stuff like Neptune and Pisces, Saturn and Scorpio, all that stuff, and also talks that I've given and recorded. Those used to be 25% off. Now they're 50 to 75% off. So you know you can get this thing that was 20 bucks. Now it's five bucks for subscribers. So subscribing to the monthly service is is great, even if there were no perks, because there's in-depth material akin to what you're what you're getting today with uh, my thoughts on the solstice. But my subscribers will actually get uh, a more in-depth version of this uh, of this talk. Um, so those are the those are the announcements. The archive uh, will be available by the solstice. And you can you can uh, subscribe to that. 
Um, and there will be the, the current episode in iTunes every week. So basically right after this show, it will be updated. It will be there for a week. And then after that, if you want to go back through the archives, you go to my site. So that's the announcement. Let's, um, I'm going to start with the first uh, poem, which is called um, Jesus is the Reason for the Season. And if, you know, um, I'm doing this all tongue-in-cheek, and uh, some people may be offended, some people may be a little surprised, but um, this is how my, um, my playful mind works in satirizing things. And um, this is something that, you know, growing up surrounded by people who are really into this kind of holiday, um, T-shirts bumper stickers, keychains, buttons, little buttons on the sweater. Uh, Jesus is the reason for the season. This was in my head, and I was like, well, okay, let's run with it. Before Jesus, there was no winter. We had just three seasons on earth, and it was okay, though the year was much shorter. But since winter was added, we have a ton of wonderful things to be thankful for. Without Jesus, we would have none of these things. Toboggans, snow, snowflakes, poems about snow and snowflakes, snow sports, sleds, sleds drawn by reindeer, toys, chestnuts, logs, candy canes, most kinds of cookie, fattened animals, cuddling, air supply. And Jesus is admittedly not responsible for the popular musical group Air Supply, but who can doubt that their immense popularity was enabled and boosted by the cuddleability of their ballads? But to be fair, we must also acknowledge the less fun things about this season for which Jesus is also responsible. The understaffing situation at soup kitchens and shelters, innumerable broken hips among our elderly, the grip, the perennial course of nonstop avalanches across the globe in which millions of undernourished children die each year, buried alive most of them, but dying mainly of freezing and frostbite. Uh, okay, so that's the first. <laughs> that's the first one. Uh, thanks for bringing with me. This is fun. This is my show. I can do whatever I want. Okay. Um, oh, and the second one actually is recorded. I don't have the text typed out, so I'm going to insert the uh, insert the recording here in just a second. Oh, and I'll say that uh, this what you're about to hear this this minute or so thing is uh, recorded in uh, early 2009. So almost six years ago. You can hear such a difference in my voice because that was before I was um, uh, uh, inundated in this channeling space that's really altered my physiology and how my voice and, and breathing and how my energy field works. The Savior's Birth At Christmas, the most important thing is to tell the story of Jesus' birth so no one ever forgets the miraculous circumstances surrounding the Savior's entrance into the world. Mary's labor began when her cervix became fully dilated. Jesus' head was fully engaged in Mary's pelvis at that point. The widest diameter of his head had successfully passed through her pelvic brim. Ideally, it had also successfully passed below the interspinous diameter, which was of course the narrowest part of Mary's pelvis. When all these things had been accomplished by the fetal Lord, all that would have remained is for the Savior's tiny head to pass below Mary's pubic arch and out through her introitus. This may or may not have been assisted by additional efforts on Mary's behalf of bearing down. Jesus' little fetal head crowned as Mary's labia parted. At this point, Mary may have felt a burning or stinging sensation, which would have heralded the tiny pink and squirmy Lord's entrance into the world, so he could die for our sins. 
And uh, the point the point of that one is obviously the miracle of birth. It happens every day, and and I just remember being a kid and being hearing that over and over again about the miracle of the birth, and I'm like, wait, that happens all the time, all over the world. But they're not, you know, they're you know in that myth, in the Christian mythology. And yes, I talk about religions as mythologies. Uh, in that mythology, you know, there's this whole thing that goes with the miracle of the birth. But like in fact, birth is a miracle. And women do this all over the globe every day, practically 24/7. Somebody somewhere is is going through this this miracle, is is creating this thing. So that was the that was the point of that one. That one, the first one and that one, I read at these Christmas brunches. This third one, um, I think it's I think it's um, I think it's awesome. I love it. It's one of the most uh, favoriteest things that I that I have written. So I'm going to read that, and then we'll. Uh, We'll probably go to a break and then come back with the real show. <laughs> oh, and this is just called uh, Xmas 2009. So those three, those two that came before actually were recorded or written several years earlier, like probably like 2004, 2006, something like that. And then uh, this one was written in 2009. In some ways, every day you get to wake up and breathe is a miracle. But no matter how many times you get to do it, it's never going to be more special than the day each year when we mark Jesus' birthday. No one on earth today, of course, knows exactly when he was really born. So we took the pagan holiday about the sun's birth and made it our own. But that's the last you'll hear about pagans here, because this is all about Jesus and his miraculous birth. But wait a minute, we should backtrack a little. The miracle started when Mary was just a plain old virgin. Nothing special about her, just some virgin waiting to be married off in hopes of bettering the monetary and social positions of her family. But then, somehow, God ejaculated his magnificent ejaculate inside her while, get this, leaving her a virgin. How did this happen? How could such a thing happen? People... <laughs> Uh, people have been scratching their heads about this for over 2,000 years, but after several weeks of figuratively scratching my own metaphorical head, I figured out how he did it. God appeared alongside Mary in another dimension, got himself all worked up because of how unbelievably hot she was, and then when he ejaculated, he shifted his ejaculate into the space-time dimension in which Mary existed, precisely into the space-time coordinates of her vaginal canal landing his holy deposit within her body on its way to meet an egg without physically entering her through her vagina as any non-divine, non-dimensionally shifting ejaculator would, thereby not breaking her hymen, leaving her virginity intact. But this, of course, means that Jesus broke Mary's hymen while he was being born. So Jesus, as an infant, took his own mother's virginity, and he never boasted about it, not even once. He truly was amazing. Yeah, I don't I don't think that I could ever read that without laughing, so I didn't edit that and go back and do it again. Um anyway, I figured it out. I was so I was so happy. After two thousand years, people were, you know, trying to figure it out and they're creating all these stories and all this stuff, and I'm like, no, this is how we did it. I figured it out in about two weeks. Uh okay, so this is A Soul's Journey. My name is Tom Jacobs, and uh, taking my first break right now, I'll be right back.
need help getting grounded? What about cleaning up and improving your relationships with your body, money, and others? Energy worker and channel Tom Jacobs infuses crystals with the supportive, clarifying, and empowering energies of Archangel Metatron and Ascended Master Jehudi, a.k.a. Thoth, St. Germain, and Merlin. Charged Tiger Iron powerfully engages your first, second, and third chakras, while Charged Red Jasper activates Chakra 2. Users report improved sleep, deepened meditation, increased trust of their bodies, intuition, and spirit guides, better boundaries, and heightened confidence to follow their passions. Included with each charged piece are channeled resources and ongoing support from Tom Jacobs. Get your charged crystal at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is Tom Jacobs uh, from tdjacobs.com. And uh, actually, before I do the um, before I do the uh, winter solstice dealio, I, I got a I want to say I got a, this a note on Facebook from this uh, woman I went to college with. She was f- a friend of friends of mine, but we were acquaintances and and uh, in in the band together. And um, she wrote me on Facebook, um, I guess maybe yesterday, and asked me um, what channeling is. And so I just, you know, just in case people are kind of stumbling across this, I realize I don't talk about some of those basics. I don't talk about some of those things that are really elemental. And I'm not even sure my site has info on that. I'm just kind of on this continuum that's been going for about 11 years. And channeling is one, is one you know, element that's been added in there. And so um, so I wrote her back, but I, wanna, I wanna, just want to offer this explanation in case it's helpful to anybody else because it's, it's easy to use that word. Um, I will say that in uh, in that memoir I mentioned, Seeing Through Spiritual Eyes, where I talked about those two friends a few minutes ago, uh, that explains my process with this and kind of defines terms and how I work with those ideas. So you can check that out, uh, Seeing Through Spiritual Eyes, a memoir of intuitive awakening, if you want to if you want to uh, get the inside scoop on that. Um, but essentially, there there are different kinds of channeling, and some people do what's called trance channeling, which is when they're not aware a being or consciousness comes through them and they write or they speak and uh, or some other kind of expression and they're not aware later of what happened. And that's that's Edgar Casey. It was a trans channel. Uh, the other kind is called semi-conscious channel. I don't get that because I'm fully conscious when I'm doing it, but what I do is called semi-conscious channeling. And I'm fully aware. I remember everything. And that's how, like even during a session or during a, a workshop or an energy work event, uh, I tell people it's okay to ask me questions later about what the beings did or what they said because I, I'm, I'm aware the whole time and I can and I can answer things. So I'm fully aware of it, and um, I treat my consciousness as a, as a radio dial, like an analog radio dial, and I'm finding and and interacting with different stations, I'm allowing different stations or the information over different stations, different channels to come through. So dead people is one. I do mediumship. I talk to dead people and, and help them resolve things. Um, inner kids, you know, um, uh, things in your chakras, things in your body, old emotions and memories, which are all different stations. Spirit guides is another kind of, another station on this analog dial. Uh, Ascended master and uh, archangel and alien, these are different channels. And when I channel Ascended master Jehudi, 
and Archangel Metatron at the same time, I'm actually doing two channels at once, like two stations at once, which is kind of interesting. And um, when I first learned how to do that, it was really surprising. I had no idea that I could do that, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's magic. You can do whatever you can imagine. And uh, they taught me how to, uh, how to bring Metatron in while I was in Jehudi's space. So anyway, so different channels, you know, different radio stations, so to speak, and so I can tune and find them. A lot of people worry that they don't know what's going to come through, so some people are afraid of channeling and mediumship and that kind of stuff. Um, but intentionality and boundaries are critical. So I don't say, you know, as my intention, hey, sure, I'm a channel, anybody can come through. I, don't, I never do that, I've never done that. Beings that can help me and others, that can help me help others, right, that have answers, that are supportive, those beings are welcome and those are whom I work with. I don't mess around with anything else. So there's no, in fact, there's no reason to be afraid of um, what might come through if you're clear and intentional. And now that requires being grounded in your body and having this kind of, um, I think of them as the this, this set of affirmations for the lower three chakras, the root, sacral, and the solar plexus, one, two, and three, respectively. Um, the root chakra is located in the body right around the anus. The sacral is above that near the uh, reproductive organs. And then the third chakra is the solar plexus, the um, above the belly button in the, in the center of the belly there. And uh, uh, the root chakra... Uh, I'm always safe and supported. Second chakra, I have the right to say yes, please, and no thank you when appropriate. And I'm willing to do so. And third chakra, all of my decisions lead to self-care and self-respect. When you work through, when you do those affirmations, you, you find that you have to work through um, resistances, blocks, um, unresolved parent love issues, unresolved abuse issues, unresolved sexuality and creativity and self-trust issues, unresolved uh, regret, shame, guilt, all kinds of things that belong to respectively first, second, third chakras. When you work through all those things and then you can run those, those affirmations, and this is a simple tool that I've developed, um, it took me a long, a long time to, to, to get there. It wasn't just like, oh yes, I will, I will say three things and it's magic. Uh, but when I got to the place where I did feel safe, I knew I was supported, and I had the right to say yes and no, and I was doing it, and I was getting really clear on how my choices can lead to self-respect or not, right, self-care or something else, then um, I'm not afraid of who's going to come through, because every choice I make is based in self-care and leads to self-respect, and I say yes and no and appropriate. So if a vibration comes through I don't want, I don't do it. I don't mess around with it. So that's a key to doing this. But that, that uh, basic explanation of channeling is I'm tuning what you can think of as a, an analog radio dial, which is my consciousness. Now, most people might think, you know, some people might say, well, okay, well, you're very special because you do this, blah, blah, blah. Actually, no, every human has the ability to do this. It's a matter of training and willingness. For, so, for example, um, if you live in a house where somebody's TV is always loud and on, or you're listening to the noise of somebody playing loud video games, that's a frequency that you are tuning to, right? If you, um, you know, always watch a certain kind of media, 
or if you always listen to Fox News or conservative radio, talk radio, you are tuning into certain frequencies. So most people don't realize they have a choice about what they tune into. And so this is a lot about what it is. So I can't tune into certain things, and then I can tune into other things. And as I mentioned um, just about a year ago, when I did a show on entertainment choices and karmic signatures, and, and my student uh, Kat Belmars was on the show um, from last January, check that out because we talk about the movies we're drawn to watch and then talk about each of our charts. And I help her understand why she's drawn to certain stories, and I explain why I'm drawn to certain stories. But I have you know, Mars, Uranus in the first house square, the 10th house south node, and I am drawn to movies where there's a lot of drama and people being chased sometimes, and like where somebody has to kind of rise above some challenging situation, and, you know, anyway, so I'm drawn to certain things, but those are kind of helping me process past life stuff, or other life stuff, Um, but many kinds of things that don't do that, that, that are not positive, I don't tune into, because you're, you're, I'm always, whatever I'm consuming, whatever I'm aware of, is affecting my consciousness. I do not recommend that we hide from the world or other people or all media, uh, all entertainment. That's not the point. The point is that you make choices about what you're vibrating and what you're aligned with and what you what you work with. You know what you work with. You know, is it true that violent video games played by kids create violent teenagers, violent adults? Uh, it's, this is, uh, we can say this is one frequency that we're tuning into, and if we do that enough, then certain parts of us can be activated. But we'd be drawn to a frequency because of a karmic resonance. So if that's true, then we are having something that's already in our field, our multidimensional field for many lives, drawn out through something in this plane, in this dimension. But, whoa. That was just supposed to be two minutes on what channeling is. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so anyway, the, the woman who wrote me was Meredith, and I don't know if she's listening, but um, but thanks for the question, and I'm happy to answer questions. You guys can send me questions, too. You can uh, you can let me know what you like about the show and what you uh, maybe want to hear more of on the show. You can write me. I'm just like picking topics every week that that appeal to me, that are on my mind, that are stirred by things I'm aware of in the lives of others and the collective, um, like the recent shows on Bill Cosby, Comic Profile, and Julian Blanc, um, you know, basically about uh, abuse of women, sexual predation, stuff like that, and uh, not, you know, not being, uh, well, needing to process certain uh, other life problems about uh, about the dealing with desire. Both of those shows actually have Nessus figuring prominently, which is, a, which is an interesting thing because I've been, Considering doing more Nessus shows, uh, but it hasn't quite happened, but it's happening in this oblique way. Anyway, so I want to talk about the uh, the rebirth of the sun, since I shared with you uh, the birth of the Savior. Now we stole that from the pagans. Um, but enough about pagans. Anyway, so um, this happens uh, every year when the sun enters Capricorn. <laughs> and... You can kind of think of this as being one kind of uh, astrological new year, while the other kind could be thought of as the um, the uh, sun entering Aries, right? The vernal equinox uh, in March, three mo- about three months later. Um, but it's the you know and, and it's the uh, the the least light 
at least in the northern hemisphere, um, you know, the, the days where, where there's the, the least amount of light. So there's a sense um, in our mythology of inward exploration and having something reborn. And there are sacred sites that are designed to track, you know, basically sacred sites to uh, be used as calendars to track this process. You know, that, that one end of this uh, process is this, this uh, the winter solstice, the other end being the summer solstice. Um, and Capricorn is cardinal. It's one of the four cardinal signs with, you know, Aries, Libra, Cancer, Capricorn. And uh, you're supposed to do. But Capricorn is about slow doing. <laughs> and, and if you look at it in any given moment, it's about, you know, it seems like it's about slow, slowness and slow doing it. And it can seem that things are not happening. But in fact, it's about a long-term evolution is the energy of Capricorn. A planet working through the lens of Capricorn needs to develop over time. So every year when the sun hits Capricorn, we're invited to buy the cosmos, by the, uh, you know, by the energy of the zodiac, to look into where we are in our long-term process. It's a time of evaluation. Um, you know, not not far out, not long after this, we have that uh, we have the New Year's Day thing, which is when people do these uh, resolutions. And uh, you know, as far as uh, I will be a better person, I will um, I will be nicer, I will um, stop my destructive habit, whatever. There is a sense it, it it you know it's it's intellectually we can see that as linked to the new year, the idea of a new slate. But really, the Sun entering Capricorn is the new slate idea. You've cycled through, if you look at the, the process of Capricorn through Sagittarius, which uh, I don't often do. I, you, uh, you know, it's really easy to look at the, pro, at the Aries through Pisces as a one process, you know, and then the clock resets. But you can, you can do that with everything. So if something begins in Capricorn, you begin building something, and then it goes all the way around the wheel, and then you start disseminating it and broadcasting it, the energy of Sagittarius. You begin throwing seeds far and wide, and seeing where they land and how things grow. So there's a sense of um, beginning something practical if you use Capricorn as a starting place, and then having it become as big as it can be in Sagittarius, as as broad, as a as widely disseminated as possible. And then when it hits Capricorn again, there's time to either reevaluate what's being created or to create something new. So that's kind of an energy that, that I'm thinking about this year. You know, subscribers to my monthly service got the first materials last year when the sun entered uh, Capricorn. So basically, I'm about to do month 13. We've done a whole year of it so far. And I did a whole long explanation of it, but I didn't even include this because I'm always thinking about things in uh, different ways. Um, but I remember doing this exhaustive kind of thing about the, the solstice exclusively for them last year, and they're going to get more good stuff this year. Um, so... The Cap Capricorn is about doing, as I said, and it's about doing intentionally. It's about becoming something. If we think of this as a starting place, the idea of a new year, um, then we have a sense of something beginning, which means something about us is starting. Something about our choices, our behaviors, our actions 
is just starting. I will share with you, and I'll go into this for the, all the subscribers, and, and you should subscribe to the monthly service because it's a user's manual for every month. You know, how to understand there's going to be a new moon at uh, zero Capricorn on the day of the solstice. There's a Capricorn new moon. You know, how to really understand that. I go into to all that detail with the subscribers. But right after the sun enters Capricorn, there is that new moon. And so there's a sense of new beginnings in Capricorn. This has actually happened, uh, this will be the third of three months. It started in Scorpio, and then there was a, it's, there was a new uh, a new moon eclipse, and at zero, and then there's one at uh, zero Sagittarius, and now here we are at uh, zero Capricorn. Um, so something needs to be done, and the light giant flashlight in the sky, which is the sun, puts your attention for the the month of Capricorn on what needs doing, how you can develop, you know who you can be. Saturn, Capricorn, 10th house has a, have a tremendous amount to do with potential. Sometimes I'll talk about it as involving ambition, as a status, um, recognition for hard work, becoming competent, becoming good at something, and then being rewarded for that, being recognized and valued for that. Um, but it all, even if somebody is, uh, well, okay, you have different two different ways you can do it. One is that you can try to get to where you arrive somewhere and then you stop because so you don't have to work anymore. And that's a kind of status and recognition thing. Or you can do it in a way that is um, perpetually changing, perpetually evolving, where your potential is always unfolding, even if it's slow, right? Even if it's happening very slowly. So sun enters Capricorn, you become aware of what kind of person you are and what kind of person you are not. This is another thing about resolutions, which I've also always had a problem with. I've been picking on holidays and kind of lambasting resolutions my, most of my life because, um, I, I don't know, Mars Uranus in the first, Sun and Scorpio in the second. If, if I make a decision, it's made. I may not want to make the decision, but if I actually make the decision to either be a better person or to stop some destructive habit or indulgence or whatever, I do it. it. You know, so there are certain things I haven't actually made that decision about. But like when I make the decision, it's done. So I don't understand that idea of like tying it to a calendar. I don't really understand that. It's almost a, it's a ritualistic thing. But but with um, which it can be ritualistic self abuse. But see, Capricorn, this idea of sun entering Capricorn. You get a sense of the person you are and the person you're not. Do you judge that? That's a huge question. Will you judge where you have not yet gotten or developed? And will you judge yourself, will you criticize yourself for the ways in which you have not yet developed? It's. I think it's easy during this time of year to get caught up in hustle and bustle in Western co countries specifically regarding these uh, these uh, Judeo-Christian holidays that are happening. And it's easy to get caught up in the scheduling things. And even if you're not into holidays, you're going to be invited to some potluck where you're supposed to bring uh, some cookie with sprinkles on it or something. I mean, I don't know. You're going to be invited to some kind of potluck or something. I was actually invited to two this year, and I was like, what? Where am I a member of what? You know, that I would get invited to a, a Christmas potluck? What? 
Uh, it's actually the Lapidary Club and the Tucson Astrologers Guild. <laughs> so the, the, the Lapidary Club is new. I didn't notice it when it was just the Astrologers Guild, which I've been a member of for uh, several years since I moved here practically. But um, yeah, the Lapidary Club, I was like, why would I do that? <laughs> why would I go to their holiday party? Anyway, because um, I don't get it. But anyway, um, what kind of person are you? What kind of person are you not? And are you going to judge yourself because you haven't yet developed stamina, staying power, courage, resolve? If you, you know, are you going to judge yourself or are you going to accept that you're a work in progress? If you decide that you are not good enough or you haven't done enough to deserve love from others or something, then, uh, you know, because you smoke cigarettes or because you're overweight or because you, I don't know, like zoo porn, I don't know, whatever it, whatever it is that, that you're into that you, or is true about you, I guarantee it's actually a natural thing that may be out of hand or imbalanced or ungrounded. But all of our, all things are, all things are normal is my Uranian perspective. Um, all things are actually normal even if they exist only in a subset of the population that keeps it secret. Because humans, what does it mean? What does it mean to be normal if you're a human? And this is another element of Capricorn with a giant flashlight in the sky coming to the sign of Capricorn every year. We get to look at how how do we operate within socially defined expectations, like cultural expectations of who we are, what we do for a living, how what what is our life worth? You know. How do we define ourselves? How do we experience that? What are we doing and thinking? Oh, okay, wait a minute. Second break. Stick with me. Tom Jacobs, The Soul's Journey. Be right back. You've heard Tom Jacobs, the host of CTR's The Soul's Journey, share insightful perspectives on astrology and spirituality, providing useful tools to help you make life better. Each month, Tom saves his most in-depth analyses for subscribers to his monthly service. Subscribers to tdjacobs.com receive a user's manual for each month when the sun changes sign. The sun's time in that sign, ingresses retrogrades, major aspect patterns, and new and full moons are covered in depth and help you make the most of the present moment. A channeled meditation and a monthly call to pick Tom's brain are included, as are a number of perks, exclusive materials, and savings on his classes and products. Read more and sign up monthly or yearly at tdjacobs.com. Welcome back to The Soul's Journey. This is uh, Tom Jacobs from tdjacobs.com and uh, talking about the, the winter solstice, talking about the important moment when the sun enters Capricorn every year. And uh, will you judge yourself or will you accept your work in progress? And this has everything to do with how we experience Saturn energy in our relationships with others. Now, when we're young, all of us, older people are Saturn. Older people are established. They were here first. 
they're Saturn. They know the rules. They teach you the rules. They tell you what you're supposed to be doing. They require certain things of you. They punish you if you don't do it right. They, you know, this is Saturn. So we often take on the other people's, older people's ideas, when we're young, older people's ideas, of what it means to be worth something. Now, I'm stating the obvious, but I want you to really look at this uh, because now that you're hearing the show, you have, if you're hearing it, you know, around the 21st or around the 17th or whatever, then you have a few days to look at this. But for the whole solar month of Capricorn, this this will be in play. This will be uh, this will be up. So if I say to you, well, are you willing to look at yourself as a work in progress? Part of you will say, well, yes, of course, because I am evolved. <laughs> I am evolving. I'm I'm conscious. I'm aware. I'm spiritual. Well, I'm listening to your show, so I must be pretty evolved. And you, there may be parts of you, basically sub-personalities, which, which every person has. It doesn't mean you're crazy or schizophrenic. Every person has different – well, we're all multidimensional, so every person has different you know, parts of self that ebb and flow that come up that would – you know, and uh, they have different needs, agendas, and fears. They're shaped at, during different experiences. There are different elements of our personality, sometimes different other life parts of us and inner kids, all kinds of things. And um, so if I say to you, yeah, just love yourself the way you are, that, that's actually what I'm saying is if you're willing to accept that you're work in progress, that's an invitation to love yourself right where you are. Accept yourself. Love yourself is very abstract. People say to me all the time, well, oh, okay, and I tell, tell them you know, this in terms of their charts and their histories and their karmic stories, and they're like, okay, well, well how do I do that? Well, knowing all parts of yourself and accepting all parts of yourself is a major is a major part of that. So I've talked a lot about, and I have some some uh, listeners who keep in touch with me that they're interested in the evolution of my dog barking stories, me and the dogs. Um, and uh, what well, actually, one of them whose name is is Jack, she, uh, Jackie. She's in Texas. She recently pointed out that. Uh, I don't know if she pointed it out, but she mentioned something about Sirius, right, the dog star. That's exactly on my midheaven within a few minutes. So she was giving me suggestions about how to get involved with local businesses that have to do with dogs in order to change its frequency. And I'm like, I'm like chewing on that. It's actually really interesting. Um, but anyway, so you know, I've, I've told the dog story different times, and but I've had to love, meaning accept, not judge, not shame, the part of me that would be violent toward dogs because I can't stand the constant angry barking. If a dog is barking, I've said this before in the show, but I'll just say it now in case you people haven't heard this and you're like, oh my God, what am I listening to? This guy's crazy. First he's talking about Mother Mary's vagina and then he's talking, you know, and then he's talking about violence about dogs. Um, just like if a dog is like, hey, like I hear the vibration, I feel the sentiment is what I feel. But dog's like, hey, I'm over this fence. Who's out there? Um, I would like to play with somebody. Or, hey, what's going on? That's one vibration. I don't care. That dog can bark 24-7 for the rest of my life. But when it's, um, get out of my yard. Hey, uh, 
expletive you, bleep, ah, bleep, bleep, bleep. When it's that kind of anger yelling energy, it's like somebody standing in his or her yard yelling expletive and profanity and threats at the neighbors. That's what it's like. That's what I experience. So anyway, I've had to love the part of me, except without judgment, the part of me that would do something terrible to make them stop. Anyway, that's a long story. You can you can check that out in the archive, which is now on tdjacobs.com. I've talked about this probably in a half a dozen to ten shows over the last couple of years because I it's been an ongoing thing with me learning how to deal better with myself as an energetic being, learning how to deal with anger, and uh, you know creating peace. Pluto and Libra in the twelfth, trying to create peace but being very sensitive to vibrations and energy and noise. So um, I'm a work in progress, right? There are parts of me that I've had to learn how to become accepting toward. This is what self-love is. So then you don't judge a choice you make. You don't judge a behavior you make. You, you have. You don't judge a motivation you have. You don't have to act on the motivation. Like if somebody really hurts you, part of you might, you know, retreat. Part of you might want to lash lash out or get back at that person. It's just part of the human, you know, multidimensional experience. It's just part of who we are. Scorpios get a bad rap for doing stuff like that, but we all have that potential of feeling so hurt that we want to hurt somebody else. You know, and it's not pleasant to talk about or feel. But if we don't judge it, we accept it as part of our experience. Then we don't have to fear that we might do it. Therefore, we're not running fear and resistance. And we can make peace with this part of us that it exists. Because you are not, and I think this is one of the great things about the solstice, I'm sure nobody has ever said this to you before. Uh, I don't think I've ever thought it quite this way before. But this idea of sun entering Capricorn and you saying the giant flashlight in the sky on who, you know, where are you in this Capricorn process? You know, are you worthy of respect, Capricorn, right? Are you worthy of having and expressing ambition? Do you deserve to be in charge of your life? Are you mature? Are you self-governing? Kind of Capricorn idea. And then it kind of leads back to how you judge yourself or how you accept and support different parts of you. So are these parts of you enemies? The parts of you that think you're irresponsible or that you haven't done enough or that you are, insert age here, and you have quote, nothing to show for it, unquote. <laughs> like, like you know, how how do you relate to that? What are you doing? So anyway, the, this is the, the, I think this is a great invitation for this, uh, the solstice. It is about checking in with where we are in that long-term development, but how do we relate to the progress report? I'm going to admit something to you that I didn't think I would admit, and I'm probably going to regret it after I admit it. But um, uh, when this self-love stuff comes up, uh, oh my God, yeah, I'm really going to say this. I'm told I'm being guided to tell you this, so I'm going to I'm going to tell you this is. Oh, Tom's being vulnerable. Oh, Tom's honesty is touching. <laughs> Whatever. Um, when this self-love comes up, stuff comes up for me, I notice that the part of me that runs my life is very self-conscious about 
carrying extra weight, being overweight. I'm active, I'm strong, I have good musculature, um, but I'm overweight. And, you know, I live in this culture, I feel, um, I project judgment from others about it, and I judge myself for it. So whenever self-love talk comes up, and I'm teaching this stuff to people all over the world, right? It's not, it's not like, um, you know, I just got the idea the other day, but it's a long-term process for me to, you know, relate to eating and my body and physical activity in a certain, you know, in certain ways that, that are really like Capricornian productive, you know, I have a South End in cancer, so I tend to approach things emotionally, sometimes including eating. So I have a Capricorn North node, so I'm supposed to learn about this over time. And for me, that means not judging what I do. No, I have faith that things turn themselves around because if I don't judge them, then the parts that are motivated by fear or a lack of love or something, motivated by pain or a lack of love, the perception of the absence of love from others in, in certain ways, um, they get what they need, which is acceptance and support. And I know, and I, I work, I, I walk clients through this too, but this is just my own process, you know, that I've had. Well, recently, uh, my girlfriend and I joined the gym that is a three and a half minute walk from our, where we live. It's so close, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and almost the only traffic on our street is people, you know, we're almost at a dead end near where the river is. And this, uh, this, the Tucson Racquet Club is right at the at the end of that street, by the river by the river path, which is where I bike constantly. And I talk about looking at the path of my window. Well, this place is just around the corner. We joined it about two weeks ago, and uh, so I've been doing, I've been taking 500 milligrams of niacin, which is vitamin B3, which induces a flushing as it <clears throat> clears out toxins. It actually kind of pierces fat cells, and the toxins within those are released. And it has, so it has this whole thing about this whole this whole like uh, thing about cleansing and uh, whatever. So I take a niacin, uh, wait a few minutes, walk there, do 20 minutes of you know light to moderate to intense cardio. Like I shake it up, but basically to break a sweat somehow. And then I do the sauna, the dry sauna, for like anywhere from 20 to 40 minutes, depending on how I'm feeling. And what's going on? Because I basically leave when I feel like I want to leave, or I leave when I feel like my body's saying leave. Like either way, <laughs> and sometimes it's 40 minutes, sometimes it's 20, uh, or anywhere in between. And so um, I've been losing weight. Is the point? I feel better. My skin looks better. A couple of w recent videos, I feel like I look like a corpse, and that was really starting to upset me. So this is kind of like, you know, just kind of, you know, to kind of get to kind of cut into that process and stop it. But anyway, the point is I notice the link between how much weight I'm carrying and how willing I am to love myself. And this actually bothers me. This is why I was kind of hesitant to bring it up and kind of like saying I'll regret it. But this is, this is but that's honest, right? It's honest and uh, uh, I'm, always, I'm always guided to be uh, transparent <laughs> uh, on the show. So I notice that as I'm losing weight, and now it's noticeable after two weeks, um, that I'm more accepting of myself. So I need to work on that because I can't be that I'm self-accept. I mean, it can't, I can't let it stop with I'm self-accepting if I'm not heavy. I mean, that's what I teach people not to do. 
<laughs> so anyway, so anyway, I'm in this process and working on it, and I'm really aware of the sun, the sun energy in Capricorn, and, and as I mentioned, I have that Capricorn North Node. It's in my natal fourth house, and uh, my IC, my nadir, is about 14 uh, Capricorn. And then my my North Node is about 18 and a half Capricorn. So a couple weeks into uh, the Sun in Capricorn, it crosses into my IC and that hits that fourth house, which represents some new territory for me, that inner process. And one of the things I've been working with that I know I'm going to relax into, I'm choosing to relax into this during Capricorn this year, is I keep getting guidance to wait which is hard for me. I don't want to do it. Um, and I will say, oh, I'm eager to go do this. And the guidance is, not yet. Talking about two new crystals to cut, polish, and charge. I have like it all worked out. I've been meditating with, with a, I've been meditating with a Metatron as another client of mine. Uh, caught, caught me in a session making the, the, uh, mistake verbally, uh, that was, I think it was uh, Chantal, um, uh, that I've been meditating a lot, and uh, I so I know what to do, and I'm excited, and they're saying, my guides are saying, wait, relax, and it's all about this inner process, and transiting Pluto is near my IC, my nadir, the beginning of the fourth house, and so all the time I'm being guided to slow down. And that's really hard for me, but that's what I'm doing. So during the Capricorn this year, I'm going to really do that. And I'm going to alter the perspective of that means sitting on my hands. And I'm going to take the opportunity to let that giant flashlight in the sky put the light of my conscious awareness on that inner process. And how do I, how do I judge myself? What do I think is worthy about myself? Capricorn in some ways is about proving that we're respectable that we're worthy, that we deserve to be in charge of our lives, we deserve to be in charge of something, or that we deserve respect. Respect is another way of talking about acceptance and love. But of course, love through Capricorn's, you know, filter is in some, you know, in a large part, respect, right? So if somebody, if somebody says, I respect you, they're saying, I love you, right? We know that. Uh, so I'm going to look into that, I'm gonna, and I invite you to uh, to do the same. So that's the uh, the end of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I uh, really appreciate your participation here, and uh, thanks to those of you who have sent some uh, some cash in to support the show. And um, and you can continue to do that, and you can also subscribe to receive the archives as they are no longer in iTunes. Uh, read about that at tdjacobs.com. There's an episode list on the on the radio page. Uh, there's some notes on upcoming episodes, but there's also a list of all 100 and 109 at this point episodes. Uh, this is 110th, and uh, you can check that out and subscribe. And that's included for my monthly subscription service, which is amazing. And the new materials will be out on the 21st uh, for the uh, winter solstice. Thanks for joining me. Check out what I'm up to at tdjacobs.com, and I'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to The Soul's Journey with Tom Jacobs, a fresh look at astrology and soul inspired by channeled wisdom. For more information, tune in every Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific. 
connect with Tom directly via www.tdjacobs.com. That's tdjacobs.com.